It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber, along with Jim Cramer. We're live from the New York Stock Exchange. Carl Quintanilla has the day off. Let's give you a look at futures, of course. We begin trading for the week a half hour from now. And as you can see, of course, we are set up for what is going to be a sharply lower open on all the major averages. And, of course, as you might expect, that's where we start in our roadmap this morning. Escalating trade tensions are weighing on stocks, along with a number of other concerns. Wall Street is set to join that global equity sell-off at the open. Plus, the yuan falling to a more than 10-year low versus the dollar. China's central bank denying that it is devaluing its currency. And shares of Apple, well, they're down, like everything else, or more or less most stocks this morning, of course, ahead of the opening bell. What Trump's tariff threats could mean for that technology giant and potentially for the costs of your iPhone. We start, though, with the broader market. Stocks are under pressure around the globe as U.S.-China trade tensions escalate. China's yuan, uh, which has now breached the $7 level for the first time since 2008, is certainly a focus this morning. In response to that move, the president tweeted this morning, quote, China dropped the price of their currency to an almost historic low. It's called currency manipulation. Are you listening, Federal Reserve? This is a major violation which will greatly weaken China over time. So, Jim, we're back in the concerns about China, of course, this following the decision last week by the president to... uh, uh, put 10% tariffs on the additional $300 billion in imports from that country starting September 1st. Uh, you know, we went through June, uh, and it seemed like the focus was on the Fed. And we got the rate cut, and now the focus is back on trade. Right. And uh, I was saying last week that I thought the president was going to raise the tariff. Uh, it felt the, like it from his tweets. Then, yeah, you can just sort Navarro of get a faction, sense sometimes. But yeah. the Navarro faction is winning. It, yes. It, it, force of one, actually, when you look at the article today, but it, who's, who's really driving Lighthizer this thing? and Mnuchin were both advising it, the president not to, and Navarro yeah. was saying to do it, and he did it last right. week. Right. Remember, Larry is king dollar. Right. Larry Kudlow. Like that. And what I think is going to happen is they're going to go to 25. You do? Uh, yeah, I do. Because here's the plan, as I understand it. They want to take all the tariffs up, and then they can cut them. That's bad. You know, they don't, they don't want to be in a situation where they have to keep raising and raising. They want to get to where they are, and then they'll hold out. Look, we're going to keep these tariffs up. American companies are going to continue to, to leave China. Uh, you can do whatever you want with your currency. You give us a break. There'll be big capital outflows. Now, it is amazing, David, that the market, frankly, isn't down more. Why would you think it would be down more? Well, because there are a lot of people who feel that once you get into a currency war, there's going to be lots of different repercussions. I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's. I really don't want the U.S. to be devaluing the dollar. That would be a very bad signal to Europe. But I do think that I'm focused on Hong Kong now. Well, there's a great deal of unrest there that continues. Yeah. I mean, do they, they have tanks? About? I mean, what happens? To yeah. Them? I mean, should we not be more concerned about Hong Kong, given the fact that it just doesn't seem to stop? The Chinese Taiwan. Uh, we're ratcheting up the pressure on China with Taiwan. We're really ratcheting up the pressure. Now, everyone wants to play this as a long game. I think the PLA has been in charge of China the whole way. Things with China are worse than they've been. Yes. Fair to say. Yeah, ever since we're going toward when we had ping pong diplomacy. Right. We're really ratcheting down our, our trade. There's with even China. a back and forth today about did they or didn't they pull back on agri- their promises in terms of buying agricultural products? 
some stories saying that they did, in fact, but they've come out, uh, that is, the Chinese government said, no, we're sort of we're doing exactly what we had said we would. The president obviously differs with that as well. Right. Well, they um, did switch their, their soybean buys to Brazil, which is why a lot of our, geez, our, our seed companies are... Anything involving ag, you know, what, deer will be down to what, What's interesting, Jim, is that, uh, you know, we had a decent earnings season. Yes. Uh, we had a, a focus on a Fed cut, which came. And we have a, an economy that we all know is, what, 70% driven by the consumer, right. which remains strong. And as I've been reporting for some time, and you and I both know, because we talked to plenty of CEOs, in terms of making decisions about how to allocate capital, you may pull back. But yes. That's been going on for a while. Yes. Because of the concern about trade or the... Uh, uncertainty, there it is again, right. that word, about how the world is going to look or what exactly your return is going to be and how you want to use capital if you, or can you if you don't know what the tariffs are going to look like or what the playing field is going to look like. But that hasn't changed. Really. No, no. And you look, let's take Coca-Cola. Okay. So James Quinn's reports are fantastic. Report, right. right? Uh, the company is not really all that exposed to China. It's a worldwide company. It's going to be yielding, jeez, uh, twice? What you could get for, a, say, seven? I mean, David, some of these companies with yields are of, and with currency, it, they don't care. No, they so don't care. you've got and really good balance sheets. And those yields, Jim, now with a one seven. Why can you not buy something with you, you scalp for three and a half percent? But David, what company had the best of the telcos? And it wasn't T-Mobile. Verizon. Yeah, and the yields for change. Right. I mean, you, you had great coverage for us this week. And I finished. I said, place to go. Place to go. 5% yield. Right. It's rock and it's solid. Not, and it's not about China. No. Not a bit. Rock solid. Not a bit. AT&T is, is six. I think that AT&T. See that Verizon? Which, yep. See that, David? Yeah. When people say the market's over, the market does not apply to one of the largest companies in America. So watch Verizon. Right. Because if that gets oversold, that's a terrific opportunity. It's not a fossil fuel. I mean, I, w- I went through the utilities. I like Dominion because it yields five. Yes. Dominion just did, doing a very difficult uh, transaction, a very difficult takeover. But I regard, uh, I go over all these stocks that have good yield, that have good balance sheets, and I want to buy them, David, if they're domestic. If they uh, are domestic. domestic. I also think that ATT was the second best. I thought ATT at a 6% yield. We cannot sneer at these. I listen to people who have not done, I don't want to say they haven't done any homework, but they just have no granularity about stocks. It's like the S&P's awful. Please, look at the S&P. There are individual stocks. It's made of, before there was a basket of stocks in 1984, you used to pick stocks. Right. Right. Uh, and AT&T is all about showing us and telling us how they have no trouble making that dividend, well, how much I cash flow they're generating right. that uh, will right. obviously be not just to pay down their enormous debt load, but plenty left but to, uh, Verizon, to continue to pay the dividend. What is we, no growth? Verizon has decent growth. Uh, well, 1% is not well, exactly amazing. Well, I mean, earnings growth is better, but top line growth at these companies is, is hard to come by. I like the merger with T-Mobile and Sprint. It'll make us more competitive. But... And I know Sprint us more uh, is me, us on 5G, being who? Us 5G, being US, US. 5G. Got it. Remember, the president has an anti-China 5G policy. Yes, he does. Uh, they're really trying very hard to disable them. You need European orders to Ericsson and to Nokia. 
because those companies aren't doing that well. Oh, you know well, what, David? you bring that up, and well, Huawei continues to be sort of a, I mean, by the way, they had incredibly strong sales in their home country of China yes. in terms of handsets. Patriotism. It was patriotism that may have helped, but their market share went up dramatically, Huawei we're talking about. At the same time, it's still somewhat unclear what you can and can't do as a U.S. company, because that has been lumped into the overall relationship or tensions between the two companies, but into the trade talks itself, I'm even though it was supposed to be that. separate. I'm glad you mentioned because many of the semiconductors felt they were doing the right thing and they sold to Huawei, provided it was handset and not infra. Inf- infrastructure, watch Xilinx, because Xilinx may be under the gun here in terms of what they can sell into China. About uh, 25% of their revenues. I mean, you, I'm looking at the old list here, oh, Jim, which list. has been unearthed in terms of exposure to China. Qualcomm's at the top. Micron, Corvo, Broadcom, Texas Instruments. You go Double down the list. Double against those because of Apple. Yep. You know who's the big winner? Who? Samsung. Samsung is a huge winner because Apple raises price on handset. Samsung can keep the price the same because they're not affected at all by the tariff. It's an un- unintended consequence that the White House was unaware of when they did this. It's always worth pointing out that while supply chains have changed, it is not as though there is a rebirth of manufacturing back in our country. No. It's uh, not as though people are moving those supply chains or companies are moving them back here. They're finding other countries from which to import. The White House is uh, as, let's just say, uh, happy with any company that leaves, even if it's to Vietnam. They're happy with that. Uh, yes, they They'd rather are. that than... And there are a lot of... Look, Vietnam gets its logistics together. It's going to take a little while. Oh, Remember, it's going to take a while. Make... I mean, Carl spent time there, and, you know, there's there's plenty they've got to do before they can right. in any way meet... I mean, first of all, the population alone is not... No. <laughs> we're near what what's amazing is, is that producing. I remember the days when we mined the Haiphong Harbor. Now we're, like, trying to build up the Haiphong Harbor. I mean, what a straight... People do not... Uh, I, I wish... Benefit of wisdom and age. Yeah. Uh, having lived through the war with a, a with a draft number three sixty four, I can tell you that we are undoing. It's it eight is kind years of, of what we did. Isn't it kind of crazy? And I'm just starting to read a book about Holbrook. You know, uh, Richard sure. Holbrook, and it starts in 1962 with his first assignment in South Vietnam. Right. Um, Operation uh, Rolling Thunder. Speaking of the global. Uh, economy uh, and markets out there. Let's get to negative yields for a second, because that's right. also extraordinary. You and I every so often sit here and scratch our heads. And it's me 0.41 on the Bund in Germany. The entire Bund yield curve is at or below zero. Well, why doesn't... No, but, but because of Weimar, because remember before Weimar, there was a deflationary wave. Uh, there was a Sorry, deflation wave all over the place. Now. Uh, Jim, you're giving... Well, then your money for 10 years, you're getting back 95 cents well, why on don't the dollar. They, why don't they borrow 500 billion uh, euros and put people to work? Why don't they? What is I, the matter with doing that? that? Because they don't like You debt. can actually get your head around that. Why would you do that? Why would, why would you? any institution give them their money for 10 years at a... Because the charters. Get back 95%. There are charters all over the place there which says you must buy bonds. They can so get that, away with it. That makes our tenure look like the greatest thing ever. It is. It is. At 170. David, our tenure is a tremendous bargain. I'm surprised the Chinese don't start buying it. Now, there would be height of irony. When do we go against Chinese companies trying to raise capital here now that they've created that bogus exchange where you're not, you don't need to, there's a, David, you know, you don't need any information. No public financials in that last wave. That new I, don't know, exchange. I don't know what you're talking about. There's an about. exchange in China where you do not need to, oh. you can't get any public information about companies. 
Well, that's just a great opportunity. Um, all right, they're playing the music. We're going to be obviously talking a lot more about what is this global sell-off, what we can expect this morning when we start uh, trading. And that is uh, about 19 minutes from now. You can take a look at where at least the futures are pointing us, which is far lower. Uh, we've got a lot more Squawk in the Street from you. We are live from Post 9 at the NYC, and we're coming right back. new Apple credit card is expected to debut in Apple stores as soon as this week. The card is being issued by Goldman Sachs. It will use the MasterCard payment network. Users will receive a physical card, but both Apple and Goldman are hoping users store payment information in their iPhones and then can make purchases without actually having the card with you physically. Just be on your phone. Right. Uh, Look, uh, there's a very easy tally of what you're getting back. I think that a lot of people will feel there's a big discount, that it's just so easy that it was kind of a natural. Why, where was this all the time? Uh, Goldman bearing the risk. What a great thing for Apple that Goldman bears the risk. Uh, Goldman Gold, bears the credit yes, risk. Goldman, right. by the way, feels that they have a very good system of, of finding the people who are going to be able to pay back. It's algorithmic. In China, it's almost all algorithmic. There are banks that have 80, 80 million people. So uh, Goldman feels that it's got it down. I feel there's going to be too much demand, and it's going to tax Goldman. You do? Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I think Goldman stock has fell faster than the others. It is certainly one of the most visible, or going to be one of the most visible reminders of the changes that are taking place at Goldman Sachs. Not as though it is no longer an institutional firm. It is, but there is a lot of retail activity, so to speak, going on at that company. I'm glad you mentioned I think institutional is probably not as strong as this broad mosaic. What does Goldman really want? Recurring revenue. Recurring revenue. Lifetime value of a credit card issuer. Now, Apple is not thinking that way. No matter what you do, Apple is not thinking about lifetime value. I do not know why that is. I I have a company called Live Personal tonight. It's very much of a focus when you're a credit card company. All you're trying to figure out is what's, how much you're willing to lose to get a customer. I think Goldman bets that Apple will make it so that they do not have to have the big advertising that you might have if you had Capital One. And and that's a real godsend. Uh, So I think that it could be a win for everybody, but I want to see whether there's too much demand and Goldman's ready. Meanwhile, Apple shares are going to be down today in the general. They're giving Apple away, but no one wants to touch it. The the media is so negative. And frankly, there is an adjustment. Apple does have to. uh, Apple's hurt by this. They, well, 10% tariffs are going to mean, and this, and the iPhone is included. And it's going to 25. You really believe that? Yes. Soon. If there isn't something, uh, this was not what President Trump wanted this morning, was the devaluing. Although they knew on Friday and totally expected it. On Friday, they knew it was going to happen this weekend. Right. They're, they're not, they're more perceptive than people realize we had a guest on this morning, very smart gentleman, who was saying, long game China, long game China. You know what? Give me a break. Senator Warren gets in there if Trump loses. Right. When we return, a moment of silence here at the big board, remembering the victims of recent gun violence. The New York Stock Exchange and the Nasdaq each about to observe a moment of silence. This, of course, in memory of the victims of mass shootings in El Paso, Texas, Dayton, Ohio, and Gilroy, California.
You're watching CNBC Squawk in the Street. We're live from the financial capital of the world. We'll have an opening bell about six minutes from now. We'll take you right to it. Well, we got a little time, of course, before we get there. The, uh, by the way, market's going to be down this morning if you're just uh, tuning in. This on continued tensions, in fact, increased tensions between our country and China. Certainly, I guess that would be number one on the list, Jim. Right. Uh, what is the key, though, as I like to ask you on these kinds of days right. to this market? Sure. There's an absolutely excellent piece by Deutsche Bank about why Target should go up. Actually mentions, look, minimal for tariffs. Do not fret the tariffs. In it, it talks about how they've really gotten their act together in a lot of small form. I visited a beautiful one recently all the way up Flatbush, which is the new te- the template for uh, urban. First There's new one building on the east side of Manhattan now as well, brand right. new one, upper yes. east side. They've embraced urban. All, they have five different uh, store formats, right. yields three and change. Uh, Ryan Cornell's done an excellent job. If that bottoms... And it's right now looking as much down as anything. If that bottoms, that's the key to you may actually have to start buying today, yeah. which nobody thinks. Well, I've already noted something from you, which is uh, that you've mentioned yield any number of times today, which I would expect, given that we have a 10-year yield of below 1.8%. You're noting all the different company stocks that yield well above that. You In have fact, to. Many of them double that. You have to. I mean, I was looking at PPL the other day. That used to be my utility. I like Dominion Energy at 4.83 with a very good balance sheet. And Tom Farrell at the helm. I have been recommending American Electric Power. I got to be cool. Cool. It went from four to three. Didn't you? It went from four to, four to three. three. Very quickly. Wow. Okay. But I like the yielders, David. And that Verizon is so tempting. Well, but that's always, listen, Verizon has t- often been something that is recommended for people to own because of the yield and the fact that the dividend is seen as secure. When I, that's when, not a new thing. No, but if you see me on the street. At 4.3% Say, say how you doing. Yeah. Um, how you doing? And then they always say, give me a stock. Right. Now, I, I tend not to like that. I tend to like having this, uh, uh, let's say, a civil discussion. I know. But I always say Verizon because I know when I see that person on the street again, it's going to be fun. Right. They're not going to say, you told me on the street when you told me that. Adobe? You're the worst. I have to love Adobe, but I'm not going to give anybody Adobe. No, you're not. <laughs> no a guy, Adobe. So a guy on the beach comes up to me and says, can I have your picture with me? Yeah. Okay. So my daughter's there. Take a picture. It's great. We talk about his kids, how great they're doing law school and this and that. Then these two other people come up and say, can you take a picture? And so I said, sure. And I put my arm around the guy and he said, what are you? We don't want you in the picture. We want you to take a picture. <laughs> And my daughter was like, you are the dad. You are horrendous. You're a horrendous person, dad. Um, all right. Let's in terms of stocks that we're going to be watching this morning before the open. Not a lot of earnings, but Tyson is a company that did report and the stock is going to look higher. This dollar forty seven. They did versus dollar forty four. They had a lot of things that are uh, robust. They talk about the chicken season being terrific. And don't forget, they sold their six percent of beyond. Uh, David, when are we going to go beyond beyond? I still see people just totally hooked on the beyond story. And I think at a certain point, we got to start thinking, well, maybe there's more to this market than beyond, like McDonald's. Well, beyond has come down from a high of what, in the 220s, 230s to Remember, the secondary was done at 160. Yes. Okay, 160. Now, a lot of people who are short beyond are into me on my Twitter feed and said, listen, phony price, phony this, phony that. What's phony? What's funny? They placed it with big institutions. Uh, that was 3.2 million. It didn't let up on the short at all. Uh, is the stock too high at 11 billion? Well, look, 
Yes, but David, you have true believers. You do. True believers, just but, like Tesla. But you did say, yes, it is too high. And it, I mean, it's too we've high. seen these stories so many times in the past. And eventually, well, it, often, not it, always. No, they not come always, back to Earth. Because there are times when people just misunderstand, don't un- have an understanding of the, of the true um, possibilities, I guess. I, mean, uh, I can go back and remember whenever it was shorting Amazon because... Come on, it's market cap is more than all the books. Well, They're got, a bookseller. It's got to They don't quite get it. Right, it's right. And Beyond has got so many things in its pipeline. It's extraordinary. Uh, look, I had Beyond meat lasagna. I've had it with tacos. I've had the sausage. I have to tell you I really like it. But, David, there's no accounting for taste. My wife spit it out. I think she was wrong. I think she should have given it a chance. She didn't, didn't slather condiments on it. So I think that Beyond is here to stay. I just don't Maybe. want to pay a lot of I think billion. there's going to be a continued questioning of, of whether the health benefits are really there or whether it's just a, a statement about not eating meat in the sense of saving it's a dead the planet. Cow. It's a dead cow situation. Right. And cows suddenly are the enemy because they produce a lot of methane. You know that millennials hate cows? I mean, Elsie, the cow, sweet as can be. They're so nice, Elmer. those cows. I'm actually, Pretty good. I do always think about giving up meat, but then I just don't do it. I My daughter was a vegetarian. She's come back with a vengeance and steak. Now, there is going to be a Beyond Meat steak within the next six months. A steak? Steak. steak. Put it on my grill and, and grill it up. I, I may be a little premature on the date, but steak is coming, David. Really? Yes. And when steak comes, I think people are going to start saying, maybe Ethan Brown is a visionary. He could be a visionary. All right, what else is coming as he an is, opening bell? Remember, he's the Elon Musk of burgers. When do you start to think about potentially buying some stocks on a day like today, Jim? Gold. People want to buy gold. gold. And Nico Eagle is the great growth stock. Barrick is the value stock. If you insist on buying gold, growth and value. through the real-time exchange back at our headquarters in New Jersey, and we're going to have a lot of red on that board when we see how all 500 of the S&P's components open. Here at the big board, AMTD International, a Hong Kong-based asset manager and investment bank, Jeez. celebrating its IPO today. We should talk to them Interesting timing. what they see. Yeah, over at the NASDAQ Horizon Bank Corp. That's a commercial bank holding company serving Indiana and Michigan. Some people are buying the, the smaller bank stocks. First Horizon was upgraded today. Uh, as as uh, Brian uh, Jordan, Byron Jordan has done a remarkable job. They've taken a lot of costs out. Uh, is it a place to go? I think Brian, who was on the show recently, would say yes. 3.5% yield, David. I am fixated on yield when I see the tenure. And I think if you don't think of the tenure as something to factor into, you've got to factor into it. The, the collapse in yields is pretty extraordinary. Um, I mean, we were at, before the Fed move, 2.07. That's uh, not that long ago. That was last week. Remember, people were doubt. Do you remember? We're one seven seven. There it is. Coca Cola, of course, opted up. Do you remember the discourse this day, uh, last week? It was that the economy is so strong. Can he really? Can he really cut with this kind of employment? Now we look. Of course, we've now totally forgotten that he did cut. How about this? How about J-Pal had a sense, he did the right thing, and he can do it again? How about I come in praise of J-Pal? And I, I came to bury him for most of last year. Now everybody now thinks the guy's him. a lightweight. But I think he's a heavyweight. You know the chart that's making the rounds now is that one that says economy we, uh, tariffs, economy weakens, Fed cuts, economy strengthens, more tariffs, economy weakens, Fed oh, cuts, more tariffs. There is a root thing about that. I Fed do. cuts, economy strengthens, more tariffs. But remember what the president's view is. 
president says you can't cut tariffs until you raise them. Well, until you implement them, of course, well, let's remember we had no tariffs. He was hoping that, I don't know what he was hoping, uh, and, that they would go buy some Cheerios. I mean, come on. They're not buying Cheerios. They're lowering the you want. Now, David, 1.5%, say, versus a 10% tariff. In terms of the move in the yeah. currency but, versus but it's the gonna overall. It's going to hurt uh, wind. It's going to hurt Las Vegas sands, which I always call Macau sands. Well, that's a pretty limit. It's not going to hurt Pinterest. No. How about that quarter from Pinterest? Pinterest had a good quarter. That's right. You were not here on Friday but to you don't celebrate need... the Pinterest numbers. Pinterest is an interesting play at 30. Now, look, remember, no one wants to hear about individual stocks because we're so transfixed by down 432. I'm not transfixed. I'm looking for opportunities because everything's being thrown away. Everything. Well, we've got the S&P down a little over 1.5%. The Nasdaq obviously down more than that, given uh, it does feature some of the Companies with the largest exposure to uh, China. Well, the so, autos are so bad. But how about the companies such as a Broadcom or a Micron? We're down. Uh, or a microchip or applied materials. We're, we're down less than Europe, most of the European countries. And we're hit far harder. Uh, pretty interesting, isn't it? it? There's just an underlying bid for U.S. And again, I think it's because you have to reorient and start buying the Coca-Colas because they're just too juicy. You get a 3% yield on a growth stock. Um, I still wonder what you do if you are a CEO or a CFO right now in terms of making your decisions about capital expenditures. Well, Michael Corbett would tell you, listen, if these prices, dollar below uh, tangible book, not book, tangible book. Just buy it back. You're talking now about 8%. He'll buy 8%. He will buy 8% at 65 they will, with a 3% yield, holy cow, he will buy 8% of that company back this year. 8%, David. And he always says, when you see him, sell it to me. Sell it to me. I want it. It's additive. But people can't think like this. They're so transfixed on the averages. They're so scared. They don't know what to do. David, we have seen August where there's such fright. Yeah. And this is, should not be a moment where you have fright because the next thing we're going to do, let's say the next thing we do is we're going to take it to 25, right? We have to get it to 10 first. It has to go into 10. He can't just add on 15 until step one. But look out for step two. <laughs> could be a day. Step two. 24 hours we later. Could go to, we could say, listen, now it's October. But if you believe that, that uh, they are going to apply 25% I, to the 300 Yeah, billion. absolutely. Okay, based on your reporting. It, yeah, look, people don't think I do report. What am no, I supposed I, to do? I mean, I'm I, well aware of I, uh, I know people for 40 years. Then, what Jim, am I supposed to do? Why would you have anybody want to buy stocks right now? Because that is not going to be seen as a positive. Well, how about if it takes our yield tenure down to one and a half? One and a half. And I can get, I can get Verizon for five. David, there's a search By the for way, you I would that's point not out, fossil fuel. I would fuel. point out you're not benefiting as much in mortgage rates. The, the mortgage bonds are not responding the same way as the 10-year. And Very, so if you're going there to refinance, because I've actually gone no, through this not recently, that good. it's not as good as you might anticipate. But how about this? D.R. Horton, Starter Homes, off two points from its high. Mortgages, the arms, do you know the arms just reset lower? Did you ever think an arm could reset? I have an arm, and it's like a fabulous deal, and now it's even more fabulous deal. I have a great arm. Uh, oh, no, I'm talking adjustable about adjustable rate mortgage is what yep. he's talking about. Ignore the sounds. That's, what is that, oh, the soupy from, sales thing? I'm from again? Philadelphia. Yeah, nobody knows what that is. They think you're having a stroke. No, I'm Don't not. do that. Let's talk about Intel for a second. Last week, Intel, stock went to 55, 56 on the news. 
that they were selling their modem business, which is about as stupid as wood. Then they reported a quarter. That's another stock. That's a stock that's really on the red hot griddle. It's going to yield three if it keeps going down. I am on a three yield hunt. The hunt <laughs> Anything for, it's like hunt for red October. I, I have a feeling 3%. I know what's going to lead mad money tonight. I feel it. I'm feeling uh, it David, already. don't give it up. I didn't. I'm just telling. Oh, my. Talk what? about giving it up. Let's look at cars.com. Ooh. Yeah, that's suboptimal situation Ooh. developing there, David. That is not good. Now, if, if you're just joining us on that, you may... Uh, this is a company that was in the midst of potentially selling itself, or at least had been exploring strategic alternatives. Interesting decision this morning by the company in which they say they conclude the strategic review process, focusing on their strategic plan. Uh, many times you'll just get a one-paragraph press release from a company. Yeah. In this case, they basically give you something that reads like the background to the merger agreement in a proxy. But they weren't obligated to do that, as you are in a filing uh, along the likes of when you do a deal. Um, they give go through phase one, phase two, or I should say stage one, stage two, and stage three in terms of explaining all the scenarios, giving full transparency, the fact that they did everything they could to explore and go down to various roads and sign NDAs and telling you here's what happened. Meanwhile, what happened was they didn't sell the company. No. And in fact, they have now lowered their guidance 148 million versus 160 million, um, Jim, and the one stock line, is just getting one line crushed. Yeah. Not where you want to be right now. New. No. You'd look for many things to buy, and that's probably not on the list, David. New. No. This was a starboard holding, or what? is a starboard holding. They're very yeah. good. This is Symantec, which has not gone particularly well for them either. Give it uh, some time. LifeLock, B2C, doing incredibly well. LifeLock is a very good franchise. Stock's back to 20. I'm a buyer. I'm a buyer. Just where, uh, th- this is where they bought a ton, if you remember. Who Into bought a ton? Of what? Symantec at 20. Oh, at this level yes. on Symantec. I'm a buyer where they're a buyer. I think that's a very attractive situation. See, if you go case by case, there are interesting things. But if you just go and say, oh, down 470 on Dow, no. And by the way, the president doesn't want to see the down 470. Remember, he's, no. he regards the Dow as being no. his... We, we talk often the, uh, about algorithmic trading or quantitatively driven strategies, for lack of a better term, and the, how much money is in them. And there are algorithms you and I can't necessarily fathom being no. written by guys who know nothing about the stock market but got PhDs in physics or rocket science, literally, who are working at Two Sigma up the street, you know, up the a few blocks from here. Actually, it's in... Well, I was, I was taught, taught but, by uh, Mnuchin, by Coach Mnuchin at Goldman, who is, happens to be the father of Secretary Mnuchin. Yes. And uh, there are other ways to do it besides Algo. Okay, and but my grid. point is, what are they seeing this morning, and what are the relationships oh, they're that looking they're exploiting? At, okay, so they're seeing uh, commodities other than gold down. They're seeing that. Uh, they're looking at, frankly, the 10-year, and they're saying stocks have to adjust to that, and they have to go down. And that's what they're, they're set like that. They're set like economy's weaker, so let's sell gold, uh, oil under 55, uh, let's sell. They don't think. They just act. And it's not been a great, the algos have not necessarily, they're always going to be someone from algos produced a great return. But I think this is really a great opportunity to take a look at individual Those stocks. Guys at Two Sigma make plenty let's of money. Let's look at individual let's stocks. Let's look at individual stocks. All right, we're going to come back and do that, but let's get over to Bob also to, Get a look at some of the uh, major movers this morning on the uh, on the market. Bob, 
Uh, happy Monday, everybody, or not so happy Monday. Uh, we see the markets here, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 1.8%. Just want to quickly review what's going on overseas because we've got a bit of a correction going on here. Hang Seng, Shanghai down 2.8%, 1.6%. They're down 15%, folks, from their recent highs. So this is uh, not recently. We, we hit their highs way back in April here. Nikkei, Italy, Germany, all down. The whole world's down 1% to 2 2.5%. Here in the United States, Obviously, semiconductor is extremely exposed to China. There's your weakness right there. There's your MCHI. That's the China ETF, the main China ETF here. Energy is getting clobbered again as oil is down. Even domestic energy companies down. Uh, gold miners are doing well. Gold and gold miners are doing up. Utilities are flattish. Uh, consumer staples slightly down. Utilities, more defensive stocks generally doing a little bit better. The big question now is... Is this like May? Is, is August going to be like the month of May that led to the month of June when things turned around? So let's review what happened in May. The trade talks broke down. Sound familiar? The U.S. hiked China tariffs from 10 percent to 25 percent. China retaliated with putting tariffs of its own on. We had the Huawei ban. We had some conflict with Mexico as well. A whole lot of nasty stuff happened. And what was the effect of all of this? More tariffs? Well, the markets were notably weak. S&P was down 6% in May. Crude was down 16%. The 10-year yield dropped to 2.1. What was that? Sound nostalgic for that? That was the lowest since 2017. Does sound familiar? This is all pattern that we saw back in May. And then remember what happened in early June. People started to believe that somehow some kind of deal or truce was going to be made at the G20 meeting. And indeed... Markets rose in June, and that's what happened on June 28th. Essentially, there was a truce. And now that truce has kind of gone away. And now the question is, what happens from here? We don't have a G20 meeting coming up. And China letting its, its, uh, its currency move like it did today, that's a sign they may be stealing themselves for a longer conflict. So the question is, what... What can you go into? What's safe for the markets for people to buy right now? Just take a look at some of this stuff. Remember what happened? Telecom stocks. This was a relatively safe play back in May. These stocks, your AT&Ts, your American Tower, they held up reasonably well. All right, maybe that's a safe area to go in. How about healthcare? That was another sector. If you look what happened in May, like the, uh, the hospital stocks, for example, uh, put that up there. You see some of these hospital names, Tenant, HCA, even Centene United Health, slightly different space in healthcare. These held up reasonably well uh, in May. But beyond that, beyond some utility stocks, it gets very, very difficult. So, so some people were arguing, how about domestic energy stocks. How about some uh, uh, Valero and the refiners? They got clobbered in May. All of the big exploration production companies, your Hess, your Pioneer, all oh, domestic oriented. The global markets dropped. Demand for oil dropped. These companies all went down. This is probably not a safe area to say, oh, just because they're domestic, let's buy them. Didn't work in May. That's that's for sure. How about some other things? Well, there was arguments out there. Let's go by home builders. Uh, so the home builders dropped in May, not quite as much as the whole S&P, but it was down about five percent. How about aerospace and defense? Turned out that was that dropped too. They sold the overall market. And a lot of people said, oh, "Let's buy some select areas of the, of, uh, of uh, the overall technology area, like cybersecurity, for example." Many of these companies have most of their revenues in the United States, and they dropped as well. So, what's the point of all this? There are some areas of safety: some healthcare, some uh, telecom, some uh, utilities, but overall. The market is expensive right now. Even consumer staples that are considered to be defensive are very expensive. So there's not a lot of places to hide when the market is this pricey. Not a lot of stuff that's dramatically down 
10% and still has complete domestic exposure. I think that's what the market is telling us right now, that the choices for investors, other than just hold back, rotate is a tougher game to play when the market is this expensive. David, back to you. Bob, thank you. Bob Pisani, of course, uh, covering that broader market. You know, listen, uh, Apple shares, Jim, are down uh, 4%. Not yet. 4%. Not yet. No? No. Stock is... Uh, what is it, about 5 6% lower than it was a year ago? Yeah, but it's regarded as being smack in the middle. Now, the next piece of news will be the credit card, but it might not be a, enough to offset what is a, a genuine panic in the stock, believing that Apple is the one that's targeted. Uh, now, that last well, quarter is not without good. reason. I mean, no, first of all, the price reason. of an iPhone it's is going president. to go up. They, make, they manufacture them there. Secondly, you do wonder about... Uh, Chinese response that is not necessarily proportional or that is right. they put Tim outside Cook in a real of dollar-for-dollar right. kinds of tariffs. What, what, Tim Cook is supposed to say, listen, we're leaving China rapidly? No. I mean, he can't do that. No. Why? Look, he can do whatever he wants. I don't want to put words in his mouth. But obviously that there's a situation where we've got, uh, they're the one that is regarded as the most hurt. Is that going to be right? They have the highest customer satisfaction. Will satisfaction extend... Is it elastic or inelastic satisfaction? I mean, that's really the question. 99% satisfied. Does that trump what, it, oh, you know, whatever, uh, the level of, uh, of interest in the phone? I don't know. But you've got some of the Apple-related stocks just getting obliterated. Broadcom. Broadcom, which has a lot of exposure to China. And also exposure said. to Huawei. Remember, there are people within the White House that truly believe doesn't necessarily mean that they're selling that much, but their supply chain or various things, right. it, it, it's not just they sell this amount in China when we look at it, but right. no, a lot of their revenues are connected to China. And, and the one that, look, if you really want to get that granular, and I don't mind getting that granular, it's Scarworks. Scarworks, it has the worst. Scarworks has the most, I'm sorry. And here's what's interesting about Scarworks. Yeah. Barely down. Barely down. Now, do you decide, hey, listen, it's barely down. Do I sell it? I think there'll be some fund managers who do that. I think fund managers are still in sell mode particularly of fossil fuels. Even though Exxon and Chevron were fine, mm-hmm. Exxon doing a lot of good stuff in the Permian, no. No. But David, I, I, I think if you lose hope here, Bob all you're doing is taking the market down to where it was in Europe, in Europe. We're down as much as Europe. We're far more hit than Europe. Right. I think the president's going to come out and the president's next move is going to say, I see the Chinese moving. I see them starting to move. It's going to be, do you know what the flashpoint is right now? No. This is incredible. What? It's not industrials. It's fentanyl. It's fentanyl. Go back and read the president's statements of fentanyl. No, I remember. And now, that's important because when they met in Buenos Aires, she said, I will crack down on killer fentanyl that I know is decimating a lot of people in your life. It's the easiest thing for, to, for them to do because they've already committed to it. So uh, I'd say the sign of good faith, I don't mean to, don't get me wrong on this, 5,000 people were executed for white collar a few years ago. The sign would be a mass arrest and trial, remember those trials there are not really, some degree kangaroo trials, uh, of people who are part of the fentanyl. So watch for fentanyl crackdown. That will be the sign that you need, that the president's gonna be able to say, I see movement. They need to crack down on fentanyl. It's an easy thing for them to do because, obviously, they're not sitting there trying to poison us, the PLA. Now, you may say, well, the PLA is poisonous. They love that. I think it's an interesting gambit 
The other one that's a gambit is if they allow Mellanox to merge with NVIDIA. To be bought by NVIDIA, right. David, these are the signs I'm yeah, trying trust. to give no, you. They're not, they're not what they're people think. They're not necessarily related a, to their buying no, soybeans, it's not be but they're important things meat. that conceivably will get people's attention yeah. in D.C. All right, listen, we've talked a lot about the move, of course, in fixed income this morning. Uh, it's an important one. Let's get to Rick Santelli at the CME Group in Chicago for more. Rick. Good morning, David. Yes, huge moves in sovereigns all over the globe. And of course, that's affecting all the credit spreads, which are starting to widen. Something you want to pay attention to. The big shout here from the pit are mostly underscored by volatility increases, whether it's in treasuries, equities, uh, as a reference by the VIX. Now, let's look at some four-day charts that start out on Fed Day to 31st. Here's two-year note yields, which by the way, at 161, are now down 10 basis points. And you see that starting on Fed Day, the volatility really started to pick up. If you look at the same time period for 10-year note yield, uh, the move's been rather breathtaking. And if we are now sitting at the lowest yield level, should we close here, right above 175, some October of 2016. You know, I was on just the other day, a violation of 207's congestion when we closed under 195, I thought would be technically significant. Boy, 20 basis points in basically a couple of days. Now let's look at Boone's. We all know that world trade is a big part of what is going on at the epicenter of the increased volatility. But what's continual uh, to be pointed out is how all sovereigns, no matter what your underlying economy's unique characteristics are, are all caught in this kind of cluster of downward pressures. You see boon yields for a while today look like they were going to test minus 55. Uh, they are now just on the uh, negative side of 51 basis points. And if we look at the dollar versus the yuan, which many say was the epicenter, the trigger, the catalyst of this, and it's possible uh, rising above that very uh, significant seven to one level, you can see on this chart it hasn't occurred since 2008. And finally, the aforementioned dollar index. You know, so many stories today about how hard it is to procure dollars. Look at what some of these forward swaps look like. I get that. But do keep in mind that we have started to lose a little ground. We're down almost now a half a cent. This is the first kind of dent that showed up in the dollar index, as you see on the four-day chart, even though it's still not far from some of the best levels it's had in several years. David and Jim, back to you. Thank you, Rick. Rick Santelli, of course, uh, running down so many of those important moves in fixed income markets. Uh, Verizon shares are up this morning. You noted that one. Well, and I assume you're going to be noting a few more as this day moves along in terms of dividend yields. Sometimes you just want to, don't want to outthink things. You don't outthink things. You look at the yield. You see where you can craft a basket of good yields for people who are, need, who are fixed income or looking for uh, protection. And you come up with Verizon, 508, David. You know what 508 is? how much the market was down the day of October of 1987. But can I point out where the Dow is now versus then? Why don't you divide by 10? Yes, I remember that day well. Amazingly enough, I was watching it on a ticker tape, an actual, that's what we still had back yes, where I was tape. working remember at the time. people would be here. Well, I mean, it was, you know, yeah. Um, oh, man. Uh, Jim, as this day moves along, what are you going to be keeping a close eye on to sort of get a sense as to where sentiment is? I think that you have to look at the drug stocks. Drug stocks, we do not have, uh, they've been attacked by the Democrats, okay? But you look at a company like Europe that reported a really fine quarter. 
You look at a company like Bristol that's involved with a Celgene merger that I think is going to be very good. You do. You look and at Bristol, Eli of course, Lilly, as we've noted many times, is right. down uh, down this year, over 12 percent, given know. concerns about that deal. Oh, well, I think that deal is going to be fine, but it's delayed. Look at an yes, Eli. Look at Eli Lilly. Don't look at Pfizer because they didn't meet the numbers. And then, in terms of the companies that reported the best quarters, uh, Microsoft and Alphabet. So those are ones to keep an eye on if you think there's a bottom. I think that some of those are down so much that it would not be wrong to pick. Really? Really. This is not Union Pacific, which, may, which is the railroad most levered to China trade at 170, down only 10 points. I think that that has to further fall. I'm talking about companies reported outstanding quarters. I also think that, look, do people want to go buy Apple down eight? Uh, after a great quarter, I think that we're, you're waiting for someone to cut numbers, Apple, off of China. I'm taking down Apple. You need to wait for downgrades for tech right. in order to be able to feel confident. We did not have any downgrades today. I don't know why that is unless it really is vacation time. Where are the downgrades based on currency, on when, on Las Vegas Sands? Where are they? And the answer is, is they haven't cranked them up yet. You want to wait for those downgrades to do some buying. It's funny. One name we don't often talk that much about, even though it's a $500 billion market cap company, did report earnings. Uh, no, it's got an 88-year-old CEO and $120 billion in cash. Berkshire Hathaway. Yes, Berkshire Hathaway. Berkshire Hathaway. Berkshire Hathaway. The quarter was just, well, the quarter is always great. That's what you said. Quarter was fine. Stock fine. has not done too much at this point. He oh, did increase, I think, the stake in Bank America has gone up yet again. Well, I know he's um, not, apparently not as sanguine about stocks. I, I don't have a line to him. Obviously, Becky Quick does. Uh, but there are uh, many reasons to think that that could be an opportunity. You know, it's funny. Yeah, I'm any, not other company, sell, sell, sell. any other company with an 88-year-old CEO and $120 billion in cash, and you might actually have activists show up. And say what's going on here, Starboard? Right? Can you imagine? What are you Nelson doing with all that Peltzer? cash? Got to use it. Nah. Put it to work. Either return it to us or put it to effective use. David, you know by the way, what's your plan? You know what stock has held up rather well, and I didn't think it was that bad a quarter. Larry Colt, General Electric, GE. It's held up, yes, uh, although below ten, but it has held David, up, and it is exposed to China uh, it's and just, to it's, Boeing. It's got China all over the place. Yeah. I think people are getting increased. I talked to some big holders this weekend. Increasingly emboldened that Culp has got his arms around power. Now, one of the things you want to, that I like about Culp, that was the least promised least analysis. promotional, yes. He is so upod. He is really under-promising. I think he's doing a fantastic job. I have yet to find someone who says, uh, Culp's asleep at the switch. I am not hearing that at all. At all. Did you guys talk about uh, Lowe's Corp in the layoffs last week? A little bit. A little bit. Your friend Marvin Ellison. Marvin Ellison is taking no prisoners. Uh, Remember, they also have the China problem in terms of some tools coming from China, but not as bad as people think. David, I'm excited. How are you feeling about your acronym? What was that one, the retail acronym? Watch? Yeah, how's watch? It's a buy. Watch is a buy. Watch is a buy. I'm waiting to be able to come out on this show and say, you know what? This is the level to buy Costco. And believe it or not, we're not far from it. Costco is not nearly as exposed. David, Costco makes its money off the card, for heaven's sake. The card. The, the, the card. The card. Got it. Do you uh, think that Alphabet, do you think that Apple will be able to make its money off the card? 
hard. I don't know. I don't know, but it's going to be interesting to watch. All right, you got a show tonight. No, I have no, a feeling no, no, I know no, what you're going to be covering on Mad Monday so tonight. I'm so excited. Oh. I have a long uh, absent guest. Afria is Erwin Simon. Erwin Simon. Erwin yes. Simon. Late of Hain. And then this guy, Lucasio, I mean, you, you got to see this live person. There was an article this weekend about why we hate customer service in the Wall Street Journal. Well, he is the guy you get. He text messages. He can make it so you text message. Why? What do millennials hate to do? They hate to talk on the phone. Hate to talk on the phone. Yeah. I was with some millennials this weekend. Staggering how out of it I am. Staggering. I don't even know that millennials, the, the 20 year old, 21 year old millennial, 21. Rose! 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 Well, at least I got that. How about the quoi? How about the quoi? You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 